every American citizen must have an equal right to vote. The administration of elections is primarily a state and local responsibility. Whether you voted for the very first time or waited in line for a very long time, by the way, we have to fix that. Welcome to High Turnout Wide Margins. This is Brianna Lennon. I am the County Clerk in Boone County, Missouri, and with me is my co-host. Eric Fade, Director of Elections in St. Louis County, Missouri. And today we are really excited to talk about Kentucky with Jared Deering from the state and Chris Cockrell from the county perspective. So this is our first attempt at having multiple guests in one episode. So we're really excited to do that too and talk about how Kentucky has become really a, a model for bipartisan cooperation and state and local cooperation. So thank you both for being here. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So first, we always ask the question, how did you end up in the election space? Uh, actually, interesting story. I came from the private sector. I was uh, had a family business that was going well. But our, my predecessor, after 42 years as clerk, uh, retired, and I was encouraged to seek the position by her along with some other people in our community. Where our community is about 30,000 people, so it's a, it's a relatively small, medium county. Uh, so uh, prayerfully and thoughtfully put my name in the hat and ended up uh, winning the election, and, and here we are today. And then I'm on my second term, and now a part of this, uh, this association as a president, so it's, uh, it's been an interesting ride, to, to say the least. I'll start by saying that I got into elections uh, kind of in a circuitous way, like like many of us uh, that are either appointed or, or, or are hired to do these jobs as opposed to being elected to do these jobs. I, uh, at the time, was working in public policy. And prior to that, I had worked on a lot of campaigns. And you'll find that a lot of people end up working on campaigns to be able to get into a, a, a candidate's office and ultimately when they're elected you work on the campaign they're elected and you get to work in their office and do public policy i always enjoyed the campaign side of things um, but it wasn't until i took this job that i realized that the part of it that i liked was not necessarily working for the candidate it was working with voters and i think that's what really drives me now in this job you know it, it's very rare that you get to have jobs where you wake up in the morning or excited to get to go to work there's always a new puzzle to solve there's always a great experience to be had next. And, you know, it's kind of what keeps me going in this job and being able to work with clerks like Chris is, is part of that. You know, there's a great relationship that Chris and I have and we're, we're constantly ribbing each other, you know, personally, but, and then, you know, professionally, we work really cohesively together as well as his uh, rest of his association. I think one of the things that has been in the news a lot about Kentucky has been the willingness of, parties to come together and have real substantive conversations about how elections administration can be improved. And it seems like there's been a lot of compromise. Do you think that that is going to continue into the future? Or do you think that it was born out of necessity for COVID? It was absolutely born out of necessity for COVID. I would say for, for me, my perspective is 2020 was such a, a, an oddity, you know, as an outlier unto itself that we had to change a lot of things to protect our voters, uh, to protect the system, 
to make sure that voters had access to the ballot, but that it was also a secure and transparent election. And we were able to do that in Kentucky by bringing together a work group of individuals, uh, primarily driven by uh, administrators. And I think that's actually translated into the legislation that we're now seeing uh, coming out of our General Assembly, which is to say that the legislation itself is primarily being driven by administrators. Clerks Association, the State Board of Elections, and Secretary Adams' office, along with uh, a couple of really great, interested legislators that wanted to take this up and, and do something productive for the Commonwealth. And I think that shows the end result because the, the details are right. You know, what we're seeing in a lot of other states is that when legislators are making these decisions without administrators, the mechanics aren't always right. And, and that shows, you know, and I'm not even saying a, like a qualitative analysis of whether the legislation is right or wrong. I'm literally saying that sometimes the actual law can have negative externalities that they're not even tending on having. It's just because they're not talking to their administrators. This was definitely born out of the, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And it was, I felt like one of the greatest things that we've seen that come out of that, you know, every cloud has a silver lining. Uh, the election reform that we have seen now in Kentucky is, is that silver lining. It was unique in the fact that when you usually deal with legislation, you know, it, it comes out of a problem somebody's trying to fix. But this year's legislative session and the election changes that we're seeing were come, we, they came out of the success that we had during the emergency regulations that we were under on COVID-19 and the 2020 election primary and general. So we, we saw that come around and we saw some really good things develop because of that. And we went to our legislators and uh, address them uh, and our concerns. And it was a, a joint effort. Uh, it started at the ground level. You know, the constituents, they, they noticed the early voting. They, they recognized the, uh, the value of a vote center. And uh, so they, they were giving us feedback saying, hey, we really like this. This has been very helpful. For me, the, the one thing that, that uh, the one person that really stood out to me was a truck driver. Uh, went through our vote center early. And he said, Chris, you know, hey, this has been so convenient. He said, there's been elections that I've actually been out on the road and have missed. And having the ability to come in early and even on a Saturday, you know, that was very helpful for him. He said, I wish we could do this all, all the time. And so that, that kind of feedback we relayed to State Board of Election and Secretary of State. We had some really good interested parties at the our legislators. And we sat down and had some very frank and really good discussion. And because of the good things that we saw, we were able to tailor this for the constituents. And I think that was, to me, the, the very bright spot of this. You know, the legislators get a kind of a bad rap a lot of times. But honestly, this was one that they worked very hard and, and continue to work very hard. And our Secretary of State has uh, come up with some good ideas. The State Board of Elections has been very helpful. So each county has, they have their unique size and unique building facilities that they can use. So one thing that we went with is the attitude of this needs to be flexible at the county level. You know, that that was key for our association that we had one funding for this and two flexibility. And we, we made that our mantra. And thankfully, uh, all parties have listened and understood. I think having it come from that level and that perspective made a huge difference on uh, how successful this legislation has been. I just noticed that the partisan makeup of the Kentucky legislature is very similar to Missouri's. 
And in Missouri, it just seems like the legislature, they're pretty divided on a partisan basis and election related legislation seems to be pretty partisan. There doesn't seem to be much compromise in other states that had like contentious post-election issues in 2020. There seems to be reaction on each side of the aisle, you know, kind of going to extremes. And in Kentucky, somehow it seems like you all have struck some kind of compromise where, at least from my perspective, it seems like reasonable reform that, like you said, is flexible for the, the county election administrators. You're working with the state. And what I'd like to know is, did that happen, that kind of uh, uh, spirit of you know, working together, was the groundwork laid for that even prior to 2020? Did you all have a good relationship with folks in your state capital even prior to this? Yeah, we've had a really good relationship with our legislators, each county uh, representatives. Uh, obviously, we are in touch with them and uh, the diversity uh, with our politics really kind of leveled out because of the success that we had during the pandemic. I think that was a key component. I think people realized that uh, what we have done in the past it was successful, but what we have seen through the, the regulations, the emergency regulations we had to create our election underneath of, we recognized, and I think our legislators recognized, hey, we're doing something right. Things are going really well under this. Let's find out what was really good and what was not so good and let's build upon that. Obviously, politics is politics. That's part of the arena that we play in. But for the most part, county clerks, we become neutral. We're the keeper of the ballots and the, we count the votes. So we really have to be kind of a uh, more or less independent voice. Uh, and I think that was one thing that helped our legislators look at it when they started listening to us saying, hey, it's not a D or an R. This is somebody that is a administrator and we set politics aside uh, at the county level. And that, to me, that goes across the board. You know, I, I, I honestly, one of the best thing about our association uh, is we really don't know who's a deer and R. We don't look at those. Uh, we just come together and realize we need to do the best job for our communities. And the best job is to put politics aside and just do what's right. And with the spirit that that created at the county level, I think our legislators uh, looked at that and said, you know, well, we can do that here at the state level. I think that you just look at what works and try to build something that's going to be, uh, if you kind of sit behind some of these meetings that we were in, that was the heart behind it. It was like, hey, let's just do the right thing. And that was refreshing to hear from state level. One of, one of the things that I think has been really great for Kentucky is, is the idea that we really tried to educate a lot of our legislators. You know, we've been successful in sometimes, not, not as successful in other times, but because we've been able to educate them about the processes, it's stripped away some of the politics with the partisanship. And, and what I mean by that is, I think to its larger detriment, the, the two parties have tried to take ownership over certain parts or aspects of the election administration process, right? So everyone assumes that list maintenance is only something that Republicans care about, or access to the ballot is only something that Democrats care about. And the reality is that's, you know, like that's, that's so polarizing in its thought process, it really limits the idea of what, what reality is. And I think the more we, we start to begin to have those conversations on 
polarizing elections administration and the individual components of administration, you know, the further we go down that road, and it, it, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in many ways. But I think what we've been able to do is show that, you know, like, hey, there is value in list maintenance for Democrats, right? Having clean roles is not a, a disenfranchisement of voters. It's ensuring that voters have access to the correct precinct location, that they're getting the correct ballot, that we live in a, a representational democracy. And that part of that process is guaranteeing that that voter is voting for their representatives, right? So list maintenance has uh, an enfranchising quality as well, right? It's not, there's a lot of negative stereotypes about that process. When it comes to, to access to the ballot, there's this idea that somehow Republicans are against that, which is, in my opinion, incredibly false. And at the end of the day, something like curing a ballot, both, it's, it's both enfranchising and it's a security measure. It, it is making sure that if a voter made a mistake on their mail-in ballot, that they can rectify that and make sure their ballot still counts. But it's also a security measure in the sense that, you know, if, if someone's signature doesn't match, the state should want to know why, right? We should be contacting that voter and saying, hey, your signature didn't match. Is this you? Did you fill this out? And 99.9999% of the time, they're going to say, yes, it was. I think we need to educate individuals from both sides of the party. I think that there's a lot of a lot of benefit that can come from that. Can I ask, just because a lot of people may not know, can you explain a little bit the state structure of elections administration because it's a little bit unique? So Kentucky is a little bit different. There, uh, as as a lot of your listeners will know, that there are mostly two models that states have where they have either a top-down system or a bottom-up system. Kentucky's a little bit of a hybrid. So uh, there's a lot of checks and balances across the entire system. So the Secretary of State is the chief elections official. The State Board of Elections is governed by eight members, four of whom are Democrats, four of whom are Republicans. Uh, two of those members are retired county clerks. Uh, and that is a relatively uh, new innovation that we, we have uh, put together for the board uh, to, to really balance that out so that we have uh, a good sampling of both people who represent their political parties, but also the clerks have a voice in how the state is operating as well. You know, individuals at the state level make decisions that they think are correct, but they need to hear those voices during those conversations from people who are working on the ground. Uh, and then at the county level, the clerks are the register of record. They handle all the purchasing of their equipment. The state certifies the equipment and lets them know what equipment is available to be purchased through that certification process. It's the still this checks and balance between the two organizations. Uh, but because the, the three organizations, the Secretary of State, the State Board of Elections, and the county clerk's offices are independent of each other, it forces us to work together in a cohesive way. And I think, you know, that's uh, fortunately over the, the last four years that I've been in this position, that's been what we've really tried to focus on is this cooperative approach with the county clerks. You know, we don't always agree, but there's always room for discussion and there's always room for education on both sides. And I think that's the way we've tried to, to run this office. And I think the KCCA has that same mentality. You know, they already are 120 individuals that, that work together in a, in a cohesive way. So, you know, I think that's what we try to bring to this as a, a larger state perspective. I don't know how, about your alls if you have a clerk's association, but we have monthly training sessions. And uh, obviously through COVID, that's been a, a tough deal to do, uh, but we've been doing it through Zoom. We started back in person. That's the way we usually do it. We'll have a, a round table on one day followed by a training session. 
and for the county clerks association and, and the success of what we have seen i really feel like it's because we have always had the state board of election and the secretary of state in his office in the room and that they will come in periodically and train and even if they don't train they'll show up and they'll be available for us to be around them and kind of get their perspective on the elections you know so much so many times you know we get uh, so focused on what we do and how we do things that we forget that we're part or just a piece of the puzzle and knowing the picture and a broader scope of that uh, allows us to do our job a little bit better and it becomes a very good relationship i think you know like jared was talking about earlier before we we started you know we're always ribbing each other uh, well that's because we're friends and we we know each other on a personal level that has helped out a lot because when he sees, you know, hey, Chris is really concerned about this. Maybe I need to look at it from his perspective and vice versa. When, I, when I'm trying to do something and Jared says, hey, listen, I need you to look at it in a different way. That's been very helpful. And, and the reason that we can do that is because we spent time with each other. That's one of the things that I think our association has done very well with for years. This is something that's not new. We have kept our association strong. And by keeping it strong, we've had a voice with the Secretary of State and the State Board of Election because they've been flexible to us. And just to highlight, Secretary Adams is a very important part of that process. His willingness to cooperate through this process to work with legislators, to work with the Clerks Association, to work with the state board members, you know, has been integral to, to our success. I want to know more about the details of these monthly meetings. Who organizes those? I mean, that seems very proactive to me. Our state has a incentive program for elected officials uh, through the Department of Local Government. So if you get training hours, you know, there's a financial bonus to the uh, elected officials. So that it, that gives you, you know, the incentive, obviously, to go forward. But also you want to do your job correctly and you want to be trained. So we have a event training coordinator. Uh, Bill May works with the current president, which this year is, is myself, but we get the president and our event training coordinator together. And each month we come up with topics that we want to see, such as, you know, and as a county clerk in Kentucky, we're handling motor vehicle registration, renewals, we're handling courting of uh, land records, and we also do elections. So we're kind of three businesses in one. So uh, the scope of that, uh, we really need new training and, and refreshing. Because a lot of things that we do in our office only comes around once a year, uh, election being one of them. So we'll get together and we'll start going over and say, hey, you know, taxes are coming up. Uh, we need to have somebody from the Department of Revenue. We need to have somebody come in, uh, say it's motor vehicle. We're having a, a big month, uh, such as truck month, which uh, a lot of our registrations come up doing in one month. We'll have motor vehicle and transportation come in, start doing training on that. Yesterday, we had honestly one of the I felt like one of the better trainings we've had, we had a leadership training, a four-hour session on just managing time, managing stress. Those association training seminars are very beneficial. And you get to uh, to be with other county clerks and get to see their practices, how they handle their office, what they do in and out of their day-to-day -day business. And that you pick up tips, you pick up uh, little trade secrets that, uh, actually end up being very uh, cohesive because if you have one county doing one thing and another county doing another thing, then uh, a lot of times your constituents may end up going somewhere and they at another county, they have to do some business and they come back and they go, hey, why did you charge this when I went over to the next county and they didn't charge that? 
Well, you know, that, that, that eliminates that when everybody's on the same page and having that training session monthly allows us to discuss things. When you have 120 county clerks, I have found them to be incredibly thoughtful, diligent individuals who care deeply about their community. And that shows in the fact that, you know, not only are they working on elections, but like 128 different other things. And because there are so many county clerks working on these things individually on their own, they, they tend to innovate in their own community. And then we're a big fan of work groups because when we bring these ideas together, we can all learn from each other. And I have found that, you know, that that is one of the best things that we've done working through a lot of the problems of elections is bringing in county clerks bringing in legislators, bringing in state board members, the secretary, the governor's office, and sitting down and just having literal discussions about one topic and how some counties are doing it, how other counties are doing it, and how we can bring some of those innovations into the larger environment. A key component of of what he's talking about is is a lot of our committees are represented by small, medium, and large counties, and and that, that helps uh, navigate around some of the pitfalls that that we may encounter because one one smaller county will have a huge issue that a larger county wouldn't even think about and vice versa. So when we put task force together, when we put uh, committees together and working with the state board of election, we're always trying to make sure that we're well represented on each each size of county. So it gives a broader view of what we need. When we're working at the state, at the state board with, especially when we're building out IT products and different mechanisms for administration, one of the questions that we always ask is, does this work for Jefferson and doesn't work for Hickman, right? So Jefferson County, there's probably several hundred employees in that county clerk's office. Hickman is one county clerk and one part-time deputy, right? And if we roll something out that will work for 80% of the counties, but then leaves out the ability for the smallest counties to implement these things, we're failing. I'd be interested in hearing more how the counties have selected themselves and come to consensus. It becomes a thing of what's best for the association. And that's something that we stress is that in leadership, we have an executive board. It's made up of Eastern, Western, and Central Kentucky. So you get a, a kind of a broad scope. And underneath the executive board is the legislative representatives, and they kind of represent 10 or so counties. So we, we do rely on feedback and communication and just the fact, like I said, the, uh, the interaction. When you start getting to know somebody, you, you actually respect, uh, even though you may not agree with what they're, what they're saying, you, you at least respect and kind of get a perspective on where they're coming from. And that helps with the the decision process. No, we don't always agree, but we at least recognize that we're stronger together than we are separate. So for our voice to be heard, we have to kind of put differences aside, look at it uh, from uh, a bigger bigger perspective and build upon that. And and uh, that's where we've seen success. Uh, Now we've had times in our history where uh, the inner fighting uh, between the counties got really rough and uh, subsequently that uh, we didn't get a lot of things done in the legislation side. So, but thankfully uh, right now we've got a lot of good support. We've got a lot of teamwork going together. You know, yesterday for our training session was really good. We had about 50 plus in person and we had 64 at one time, I think on the Zoom meeting, but for the ones in person, it was interesting. Of course, we were all masked up and we were doing protocol. 
but in the hallways, you would see people just talking about how great it is to be with each other. And that kind of relationship, it really is a, a good feature when you have an association that strong. It builds a lot of good ties. Jared, I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about the interplay with your office, the state board, the secretary of state. And do you ever find yourself at odds with, with the county clerks or how does that interplay work from your experience in Kentucky? Listen, if, if there's not a county clerk disagreeing with me, I'm not doing my job, right? There, there is always going to be some amount of friction. There has to be, right? I have to take this larger perspective of ensuring the voting system across the entire state is, is functioning and functioning well. I do think what we have done is come through a time that was incredibly difficult for a lot of us. And we came through that in a way that with more respect for each other. And I think that ultimately is going to serve us in the long run. That's the same thing for the Secretary of State, you know, truly good person that shows in kind of his dealings and how he's handled himself as a Secretary of State. I can't imagine being a brand new Secretary of State and they drop you in and say, oh, by the way, you're going to have a pandemic presidential election. Right. That is incredibly difficult. And, and I think he has weathered that incredibly gracefully and, and with a lot of dignity. And, and the same for the clerks. I, you know, I can't speak highly enough about my clerks. They are incredibly great elections administrators. And, and, and to a person, I know they all care about their communities. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, of course, we're all going to have disagreements about specific things. But, you know, we can get through that if we have a common respect for each other and, a, and a, an ability to want to discuss things. And I think that goes back to this idea, again, work groups, right? Like the more we can sit down with each other, the more we can talk about common interests. And that's kind of what this legislation in House Bill 574, you know, that was the, the germination of that. And like Chris said, you know, this was born out of success and not necessarily addressing a problem. So because we could start from that level of success, we could move forward. Now, a lot of people have said, you know, I've heard some people say, well, the bill doesn't go far enough. Well, that's not how good legislation is drafted. You know, you don't have compromise and cooperation if one side gets everything they want and the other side gets nothing. What we did in this bill is incremental change. You know, it's not perfect. You know, it's three days of early voting. A lot of clerks wanted more. I, you know, I, I would advocate for more as well. But that's what was possible to get voted out of the legislature, right? So is it important to get what's possible or is it to fight for everything that you always want and then get nothing? And I think that's what we've all come to the realization with in Kentucky is that, you know, incremental change is okay. And because we broadened that discussion that, you know, once it was from an administrative perspective, then legislators and then NAACP, League of Women Voters, ACLU, this isn't perfect, but you know what? It's, it's a really good move forward. And I think that's what, you know, is interested the, the Secretary of State. It's what the board is looking for. And I know that's what the county clerks want. With so much attention paid to that new law, how is everybody feeling specifically about that? Because obviously, like you said, not everybody got what they wanted. That's how most things work. It was very expanded in 2020, just like ours was. And now you're narrowing it back down again. What do you think administratively the impact is going to be? Well, you know, anytime you insert change into an election system, there's a lot of groundwork that you have to lay. You know, there's a lot of education we're going to have to work on. We have to educate the voters. 
these some of these things will be new to them, even though we did them in the the presidential and the pandemic. You know, they're they're still new processes, and so you know, making sure that the clerks are fully trained, poll workers are fully trained, voters understand what their rights are. You know, those are all important parts of this. My hope, and, and I think I said this earlier, that this was a you know legislation through incremental process, right? It's not everything that we all want, and it's not as large in scale or scope as we as we might want. But the good thing about this is, is that, listen, we can come back. You know, we can come back, learn, learn in the next election, see what works for us, what what we can do better, and be able to go back to the legislature and show them, hey, administratively, these things were great, but we need to take one more step forward. And if we can do that, you know, we will, we should be able to, to iterate this process in future elections. I will say this, I think the reason that we had so much support and, and it did pass so easily was because it was a small step. You know, when, you, when you're trying to do something monumental, you, you can't eat the elephant all in one bite. You have to take a little bit at a time. And uh, so the, I think that's the way we address this. Obviously, you know, it's not a perfect bill. And I don't think there's ever, ever a perfect bill that goes through. There's things that, that we will need to change. There are things that we'll, we'll need to adjust. But, you know, from the county's perspective, you know, a lot of counties, uh, their equipment are coming to the end of a life cycle. Back in 2008, uh, before I took office, there was some funding that was uh, allotted to the state and a lot of counties bought equipment at that time. And we've not had an upgrade since 2008. So they're getting to the end of the life cycle. This piece of legislation where it allows us, so if, we, if the county board so chooses to utilize uh, vote centers, that's gonna be kind of make a huge financial impact uh, on a lot of counties that are, that are uh, struggling. You know, a lot of counties are having problems with their finances right now due to whatever reason, but uh, this allows them to upgrade their election equipment while still uh, not breaking their, their counties and not raising taxes. So that was a, a key component that, that I think uh, our county association, not just our clerks association, but our county elected officials were helpful by supporting this bill. Uh, state looks at this and the legislators looked at that and said, hey, that's going to make a, a big impact overall uh, the state. So those kind of components of this piece of legislation were so well crafted that it, it garnished a lot of support from a lot of different entities that normally might have stayed out of the, the, the legislation process. You know, a lot, a lot of times a bill might not affect this entity or that entity, but this was so far reaching and, and touched so many, many entities uh, that they said, hey, you know what? We want to call our legislators. We want to put our weight behind this. And that's what, what we saw with 574. It was a very well-tailored, well-written, and well-supported bill. And, and like I said, it's not perfect. There'll be changes uh, to make it better. Uh, and that's that's kind of what we're looking at right now is, is the how good it was, and yet we're still looking forward to what it can be. Just as a far-off spectator, I think what you all have done in Kentucky, I think it should be a model for, you know, most other states and how local election administrators can work with the state and the state legislature. You've got the secret sauce right now, in my opinion, it seems like. So thanks for sharing. I appreciate it. I, you know, I, I will say, though, that like people are asking, is there secret sauce in Kentucky? It's not secret sauce. It's elections administrators, right? It's it is 
primarily legislation being drafted by administrators and other states can replicate that so easily by only reaching out to their state and local elections administrators. Like that's, that's the solution right there. Just that simple. On the flip side of 574, I will say that there were other pieces of legislation, election related, that was awful. I mean, it was really, really horrendous. And, and it was one of those things that they didn't ask any clerks. They didn't ask the Secretary of State. They didn't ask the State Board of Election. Thankfully, most of those got shot down. And the ones that didn't, I think, get corrected with 574. Seeing Kentucky gives me a lot of new perspective about how we should be thinking about it. I think, you know, from that perspective, it does give me a little more hope that maybe we are moving in the right direction. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of High Turnout, Wide Margins. A big thanks to Jared Deering from the state of Kentucky and Chris Cockrell from Montgomery County, Kentucky. We really appreciate their participation today and hope you tune into the next exciting episode of High Turnout, Wide Margins. <laughs>